0: Beware of the trap of good works. Next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? We hear statements from our culture that the Mormon church is perfect, but its people aren't. Polygamy groups make the same claim. However, the Bible tells us the people are the church. So if the people aren't perfect, then the church isn't perfect either. Mm -hmm. We received a message from a viewer that was so encouraging. We wanted to share it with you.
1: I just recently found your program with my Roku download of your channel. I've been listening to the programs with a lot of interest. I was raised in a Christian church, but several years ago... I went through some great losses and was grieving a lot. The missionaries came, and the thoughts of families being together in eternity and their kindness in wanting to help a widow out drew me into the Mormon church. After joining the church, I started hearing a lot of things that made my skin crawl, for they were not biblical, nor were those teachings in the Book of Mormon. I was then told that Jesus and Satan were brothers and that God had a sexual relationship with Mary for her to become pregnant with Jesus. I started noticing that little was said about Jesus being our Savior and most emphasis was put on Joseph Smith. When I heard a sister say in fast and testimony meetings, (laughs) to so used to saying that, fast and testimony service that we would again live polygamous lives in the celestial kingdom I had had enough. I left the church, went back to my Christian church, and repented of being led astray by the Mormons. I later wrote the church and requested that my name be taken off of the records. They did, but they told me that I had apostatized. I still have a few friends in the Mormon church, and I pray often that they will see the light. One of those friends is blind and has paralysis on one side of her body after an accident as a child. She, too, is a convert to the LDS Church, and I have often asked her if she believes all that they teach. She admitted that that she doesn't, but that they are so good to her. They come, help her clean, take her to the doctor, etc. In other words, they have her trapped by their good works. She, too, is a widow but since her husband refused the teachings of the church, she was sealed to someone else. Is that even ethical, she asked. I'm so thankful that my upbringing in a Christian church taught me enough that I saw the teachings of the Mormon church were wrong. Had it not been for that, I might still be in that evil cult. I do so enjoy listening to you and Bishop Earl. Keep on teaching truth, and God bless you in all of your endeavors.
0: It's nice to get...
1: That's a very e- nice Emails
0: like that. Yeah. I know that we're helping some unknown people out there.
1: Yeah.
0: But when I first read this, I was struck by your phrase, being trapped, trapped by good, by good works, works, which I thought, well, we, we need to do a show with a focus <laughs> on this, on a different perspective of yeah. being trapped by good works. Yeah. Um, and it's... Um, It's one that would illustrate how our polygamous and LDS viewers, what they do to earn eternal life through good works. And it's a trap. It's actually a spiritually deadly trap. And this includes, of course, works that you may think you need to do to earn favor with God or works that others are doing for you. That keeps you obligated to their religion, which is what she says in yeah, this letter. That's interesting. And they are both a trap, and neither of those works will earn God's favor on your behalf.
1: Yeah, we have a couple of scriptures from 2 Timothy two twenty-five and 26. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. And Isaiah fifty seven twelve says, I will expose your righteousness and your works and they will not benefit you. Interesting. That's
0: an interesting verse, isn't it? It is. There are no religious works that will benefit the worker. That's what the Bible is telling us. Now. Oh, through and through. It tells us over and over again in different words and different ways. Good works and obedience to commandments to earn God's favor uh, and to secure a place in heaven is a trap. Now, God warns in Isaiah, your righteousness and your works will not benefit you. This is clear as a bell. Works for righteousness is a trap of the devil. It's a trap that is set up in religions, a trap people get into as they try to work their way to heaven, and it's a trap that they put needy people into to keep them obligated to their religion yeah, that, that they might be trying to get out of. Yeah. Mormonism and polygamists alike disagree with what God said that we are saved by grace alone, not by works. And personally, I don't want to be on a disagreeing panel against God. <laughs> Trapped by good works definitely is taught in this Book of Mormon passage.
1: Yes, from 2 Nephi twenty-five twenty-three. For we labor diligently to write, to persuade our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ and to be reconciled to God. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. There's your works <laughs> phrase. There's yep, the works
0: now, on October 14th of 2020, we did a program about the grace after all you could do passage in the Book of Mormon that we just read. And you can go back and watch that show for our full treatment of the second Nephi passage It's show number 13.29. But this time we want to focus on what our viewer said in her letter that good works is a trap. She said her LDS friend does not believe everything the LDS teaches, but they are so good to her. They come and help her clean and yeah. they take her to doctor appointments and other things. In other words, they have her trapped by their good works. Now, this woman is trapped into staying into a church she doesn't even believe because of all of the good things that the LDS members are doing to help her. It is, could also be called the church of obligation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, we realize that LDS folks do a lot to help certain people, and that's good. If everyone in the whole world would be that helpful to each other, we would certainly live in a different world, for sure. But would they still help her if she renounced her Mormon faith? We all know their help would probably come to a screeching halt. I've seen it happen many, many times. Eventually, they would belittle her and condemn her and threaten her with the buffetings of Satan and outer darkness. Their friendship and their good works are conditional and, as a general rule, stops when the member chooses to leave Mormonism. That is not true good works. Jesus said, do good to your enemies. He didn't say, do good to church members, but stop if they reject your religion.
1: We, quote. Well, we read this, it's Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 43-47. Uh, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? And from Matthew 6, 1, we read, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them.
0: Good warning there for this practice of good works. The polygamy groups take their doctrine from the same books as the LDS Church does. But they are more secretive, of course, and more exclusive, less inclusive. In fact, in polygamy groups, they do not even always help their own people, (laughs) especially economically. So it's even more rare that they would help someone outside of their group membership. Now, we want to expose the trap of good works, and perhaps it will help someone escape from the trap. And instead of throwing out the baby with the bathwater, fully embrace God's grace is dead. One trap is their misuse of a passage from the book of James where he wrote faith without works is dead. The trap is they don't understand the context, nor do they include the context when they quote the verse. Let's do the context.
1: This is famous. (laughs) James (laughs) 2, 14 through 19 and verse 26. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Even the demons believe that and shudder. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also.
0: Okay, so they usually do verse 26 that faith without works is dead. Right. Right. That's usually the one they focus in the most they'll, Oh, yes. yes, quote yes I'm some, sorry. Of, some of yeah. the other. But they don't pull, get the full context of what's going on here. <laughs> Verse 14 is talking about someone who claims that they have saving faith, but there has been no change in their behavior. Okay? A change of heart will always change behavior. Okay, and, and what they're saying is totally different than the context of what James is saying. James is not talking about how to get saved. No. He's not talking about earning salvation. Right. <laughs> He's talking about the claims of people who claims that they are already saved. Deeds or works will never bring saving faith to anyone, but saving faith will always produce good works or good deeds. Well, that's
1: I had to deal with that in the sense of the scripture because that's what I'd always been taught. Right.
0: It's a filter that we have when we come out of Mormonism. Yeah,
1: because it seems logical that you would have to work your way. Right. But... The works come after you have the faith. Uh-huh. And you, and then you, the kind you, of works
0: that God accepts.
1: Exactly. The the love that you share have for fellow men and for God mm-hmm. prompts you to do good works because you do have faith. And it's evidence of your faith by the, the evidence, exactly. Yeah. Evidence
0: yeah. of the faith, of having right. faith. Right. And James never says that that the good works that they're talking about here will earn eternal life. No. He never says that ever. No. And, and these good works, by the way, that James is talking about, is not the church's callings. And it's not polygamy. We don't choose what we do for God. He does that. We have proof for that statement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do.
0: So the good works come after the grace, salvation by grace yep. through faith, and then it is works that God has prepared in advance. He prepared certain things for you to do after you became a Christian, and certain things for me and for all of our all of the, our fellow Christians. Yeah. He prepared them. <laughs> And it's not a church's calling, and it's not, I get to tell you what to do, or vice versa, or anything like that. No. And we don't earn merit, because we have already come to saving faith in Jesus. Titus.
1: Titus 2.5 says this, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy.
0: Okay, so God's the focus here, isn't He? It's <laughs> He right. who saved us, it's His mercy right. that does it. Not anything that we have done, not right. any righteous works. And then that goes back to Isaiah. You know, our yeah. righteousness will not benefit not us. Benefit. All the righteous works. Now, those who are loyal to Mormonism or any other works-related religion believe that something as precious and valuable as eternal life has got to cost us something. How can something <laughs> that valuable be free? It isn't logical that we must be required to earn something as as, as priceless, that we would be required. Seems logical, right? Well, no. <laughs> and they're right. It is valuable. It, it is priceless. It's costly. And, and in fact, it's so valuable that you and I could never, ever be able to pay the cost yeah. if there was a cost put on it. That's why God has done it this way, or no one would ever enter into his heaven. Grace through faith gives everyone an equal chance to obtain an equal eternal life. Yeah. A works of salvation is a trap set by the devil because he knows that those who try to work for it will never be able to do enough to earn it. It's a trap. Jesus paid the full price. The devil's trap. Uh, the devil traps humans into thinking they have to do something to add to what Jesus did in order to become worthy. Polygamists are trapped into polygamy by that same scenario. It's a trap, and that many people uh, will that the, this trap will deny many people the very things that they're working so hard to earn.
1: Not true. It's so sad. Yeah, it is.
0: Jesus already earned it for you. The story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4 is a good example of someone caught in the trap of good works. Abel came to God with a sacrifice, a symbol of the eventual sacrifice of our Savior. Cain came to God with a basket of pretty fruit, an example of works, his works, works of his hands to merit God's favor. God accepted Abel's sacrificial offering and rejected the fruit of Cain's work. Now, This is a true story. Jesus uh, affirmed both Cain and Abel and the story when he was here. So we have to assume that Jesus knew what he was talking about, right? But it's also symbolic. Cain points to the religious focus on works, and Abel points to the saving sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God accepts the sacrifice and rejects the works. Works are a trap. It's a trap set by the devil from the very beginning. In fact, we can go even before Cain and Abel, to to make our point, Uh, before they ever presented their offerings to God. The trap of good works is first actualized when Adam and Eve made aprons out of fig leaves to cover their nakedness. God rejected the fig leaf coverings and made them clothing from animal skins instead. The animal had to die before the skins could be made into clothing. It's very clear from this event that our skins are covered through sacrifice, not through works. And sadly, every faithful LDS and many fundamentalists go to their graves wearing a green fig leaf apron that God clearly rejected. And the fig tree is the only thing Jesus cursed when he was here. (laughs) The trap of good works even to the grave hold those in Mormonism captive. I love that verse.
1: The spirit too. of the Those Lord is there is
0: freedom. But notice that the, 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 the LDS Church, many other churches, the polygamy groups, most of their of, of their obedience to commandments is based on Old Testament teachings.
1: Sure, it's just
0: as and, and this says that the old covenant, that's the old testament, that The veil covers their hearts when the old covenant is read. It means when they believe and they focus on that, and it's not removed until they take. It's taken away when they turn to Christ. That's the new covenant, the new testament,
1: written on their hearts.
0: Written on their hearts. Right. And it says the veil covers their hearts until anyone turns to the Lord and then it's removed. You must turn, uh, joining the Mormon church, joining a polygamy group, anything you do will not take that veil away. Only turning to the Lord Jesus will remove it. Now, the Old Covenant is also called the Law of Moses, and it includes the Old Testament rituals and the ceremonial and the moral laws. The Lord Jesus brought in the New Covenant, which brings freedom, which we talked about. And that freedom comes only through the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, who is Jesus Christ. There's nothing you can do to change that. So what did early Mormons or polygamous Mormons have to say about works?
1: What a surprise. Brigham Young's <laughs> Discourses here, page 155. I have no confidence in faith without works. My faith is when we have done all we can, then the Lord is under obligation will not disappoint the faithful. He will perform the rest. The Lord's under obligation. Nice That's job. That scripture of uh, I am bound when you do what I say in yeah, the yeah, Doctrine and yeah. Covenants, that really struck me as I was coming out of Mormonism. I thought... How can I put God in bondage, right. or obligated to me? He
0: can't be obligated to anybody
1: yeah,
0: at all. No, he's not bound.
1: That's true.
0: He's not bound, and certainly, and they, and again, the center of their religion here is their, their themselves, yeah. not Jesus. Jesus comes along, you know, as kind of a, a second thought here, but he's not the center. And, and we need to remind our viewers again that God owes no one nothing. No human will ever get to say that God owes him anything. Brigham Young led the people astray. We have another quote.
1: Yeah, Galatians 2.16. We know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, no one will be justified.
0: That's pretty clear. It says Very the same powerful. thing three different ways yeah. in this verse. Yeah. And the word justified—no one gets to heaven, gets to go to heaven, unless they've been justified. Yeah. Uh, you know, I one lady that I was talking to from a polygamy group. She says, "I don't need to be justified. Stop, stop telling me this nonsense. I don't need to be justified." Yes, we all need to be justified before God. Mm-hmm. Now, in contrast and in contradiction to God's testimony, Joseph Fielding Smith said this.
1: Yeah, on The way to Perfection, page 172, and I think he give credit to Bill McKeever, who has such an excellent book. Oh, I, I use that so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> All that we can do for ourselves, we are required to do. We must do our own repenting. We are required to obey every commandment and live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If we will do this, then we are freed from the consequences of our own sins. The plan of salvation is based on this foundation. No man can be saved without complying with these laws. Whoa. That's hard to read these days. It is. It's
0: very hard to read, isn't it? Very difficult when you know the 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 truth is. So, again, this plan of salvation is self focused, not Christ focused. If this statement were true, we would be our own Savior. But God says there's only one Savior.
1: Yes, Isaiah forty-three ten 10 through 11. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior.
0: You don't get to save yourself by your good works. No. Apart from him, there's no savior. You can't save yourself. And the church can't save you either. No.
1: Only That's God. Right.
0: Only God. Now Joseph Fielding Smith also said that our works of righteousness frees us from the consequences of sin. That's not true. Jesus is the Savior. We're freed by sin from sin by His blood, not by our works.
1: Mm. Revelation 1 and 5. Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And 1 John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. That
0: totally contradicts. Very clearly contradicts what the, the Mormon prophet said.
1: Yeah, it's not the good news.
0: No good news, yeah, no. exactly. And Francis Lyman at a stake conference said, without works of righteousness, it is not possible to save a man. The only way that's true is if it's the works of righteousness of Jesus, not of us, not of us. God says otherwise, and we quote.
1: Yes, Galatians 2.21, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing.
0: And how, how logical is that? It is, Why perfect. would he go through the cross if we could save ourselves by good works?
1: Yeah,
0: that's so true. It just absolutely doesn't make any sense at all. And that, That's one of the things in the gospel that really is logical.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> so... Um, uh, no man, of course, can be righteous enough to save himself, and of course, that goes clear back to our sinful natures. Yeah, if we have sure. one sin we we've we've gotten rid of any chance of being righteous because <laughs> we've we've already become a sinner. Now, the Ensign magazine published this in two thousand and thirteen.
1: Yeah, what do latter day saints believe about grace? We believe that God's grace is what ultimately saves us, yet it does not save us without our doing that all that we can. To live God's commandments and follow Jesus Christ's teachings, we do not believe salvation comes by simply confessing belief in Christ as our Savior. Faith, works, ordinances, and grace are all necessary. Ooh.
0: Contradictory, because that's hurts. what
1: <laughs> it hurts.
0: does hurt. Because grace is stands alone. You know, yeah. you, that's what grace is. You can't
1: have grace and works at the same time anyway. Yeah, Romans
0: <laughs> Romans very clearly tells us that as well. Both Mormons and polygamists believe that men say, what men say about these things over and above what God
1: has said. You know, the one sad thing is that the LDS only spend one out of four years in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And of that, I went through it of those 48 lessons in that one year of the New Testament they only spend about 10 or 11 maybe 14 one year on Paul and these letters mm. so wow. in 4 years they That's... spend about 14 lessons and they just cover huge chunks of ground they yeah. don't cover so they're not really reading these scriptures like Galatians 3:10 through 12 All who rely on observing the law are under a curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law, because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. And boy, if you read Hebrews, you'd really understand mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. that sacrifice of you get Jesus meant. What that's meant. all about.
0: That's right. The, yeah. and, and the, the law is based on works, not faith. That's right. And faith is saving faith is yeah. what brings us to Christ. Yeah. So why believe and trust what people say and reject God's own word? The good works trap is also manifested in the good things that a member of Mormonism will do to others or for others to friendship them into the church or obligate them to stay in the church and I've seen this played out many times and that trap is is especially pernicious (laughs) helping others is good but it is evil when used as a trap to obligate a member to remain in a religion that they know is wrong so that's trapped Mm. by good works and it is a very serious trap
1: when I, and I think I've said this before here, and so I apologize for the repeat, but when I was coming out of Mormonism, and had to make the decision of taking my garments off. I was looking at the mirror one day, and I thought, you know, these garments are all about what I've done, I've accomplished. I went to the temple, I paid my tithing so I could get there, and, and all these and and the garment seemed to represent more of what I was doing mm. to get to God. Focus on you. So when I took that off and put the cross on, yeah. it was about what Jesus did, not what I do. Right. And that exactly. And was, that was significant for exactly. me. Exactly. Because the garment doesn't say it is nothing about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well... The mark over the knee, I guess, is supposed to remind us about Jesus. No, they're Masonic marks. Yeah, but they're Masonic. Not Jesus. Anyway.
0: But it is. Good works is a trap, and it's a focus on self and on yourself rather than on, because it's all about him. Thanks, Earl. I sure do appreciate it. You know, faith in Jesus' works for us on the cross is all we need, but His Word does us no good if we choose not to believe it and not to trust Him alone as our only hope for eternal life apart from any of our own good works. Good works is a trap, and no one has ever answered the question, how many good works do we need, and how does each of us know when we've done enough? The Savior is the one who saves. He teaches only one kind of salvation, which is complete justification before God, forgiveness of all sins, and the gift of eternal life. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. How can anyone add to His finished work? Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy What Love Is This is produced by a Shield
1: and Refuge ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions
0: or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at
1: 1-800-877-425-9993.